Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Now I want to talk to you about faithful disciples, faithful disciples. We've been talking about discipleship now for several weeks. You're going to have to go online and catch the past services. I don't have time uh, to recap and give you the full review, but we're talking about discipleship according to what Jesus meant when he said, go and be my disciples. What does that capital C church look like? Not the redefined version, not the 2023 version, not the Americanized version, the kingdom version. What does a disciple look like? And so we've got to re- uh, uh, engage the original intention, the original design, the original plan. Because over time, uh, we trim off things and we redefine things and we recalibrate things to fit the mold, to fit the experience, to fit the culture. And that's not the way this is supposed to be done. Now, if you want to just fit in with culture, that's the easiest thing to do. It takes no work, no effort. In fact, uh, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 in the message, I love the way that it reads. It says, you fit into the culture without even thinking. You just become a part of your surrounding. But if you want to change culture, that's going to take some effort. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some stick to Come on. And so we've got to to re-engage what a disciple looks like, what a kingdom disciple looks like, it's gonna take some work, it's gonna take some effort. We have to re-engage some things, but we can do this, amen? Uh, if he called us to do it, then obviously we can be that. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about uh, one of the first elements of discipleship that we have to re-engage is being teachable. Come on, if being a disciple means to be a pupil, a studier, a follower, uh, we took it a step further, one that actually mimics their teacher. So we're not talking about filling your head with a bunch of knowledge. We're talking about an actual lifestyle change. You're actually being changed. Disciples ought to look different. Disciples ought to act different, ought to talk different, ought to sound different. And so then teach, being teachable or teachability has got to be of high priority. Because if we're only... Uh, going to conform up until it makes sense or doesn't make sense, uh, if I'm only going to go along with what's comfortable and convenient, then I'm not teachable. Uh, when correction comes, when instruction comes, when opportunity to uh, challenge who I am uh, and, and the design that is uh, counterproductive to the kingdom, when those opportunities come, if I remain in my lane and in my, my, you know, my way of doing it, then you're not teachable. And the Pharisees were not teachable, but the disciples were teachable. Jesus' disciples could be taught. They could be shown a different way. They could be instructed. They could even be corrected. Amen. And so we saw that being teachable was uh, an important element. But the, the second element I want to highlight this week is being faithful. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Uh, in verse 14 is the parable of the talents. It's the parable where a master goes away on a long journey. And on this, before he leaves for this journey, he gets with three of his servants and he leaves them. Let's just go ahead and look at it in verse 14. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Uh, the New Living reads, entrusted his money to them. What you need to understand first about faithfulness is that you are not an owner, you are a steward. You are not an owner, 
You are a steward. We're not talking about ownership. We're talking about stewardship. What's the difference? A steward manages the affairs of another. So there is going to, it's going to look like you own it, but you aren't treating it as if it were mine and this is what I would do. You're treating it as if, regardless of what I think should be done, this belongs to somebody else and I need to manage it the way that they would want it to be managed. Now, I'm going to own it and I'm going to take ownership in the sense that this is on me. It's my responsibility. But at the end of the day, this is not mine to do with as I please. I am pleasing the master. We know that the master is Jesus. The parable he's using here is Jesus, before he left the earth, entrusted us with a great treasure, a gospel, a kingdom, and all that that kingdom contains. You have been entrusted with a great treasure, not something of small value or small amount, something of great amount. It goes on in the next verse and says, to one he gave five, to another two, and to another one. It says this, each according to his own ability. Each according to his own ability. What's that mean? That means whatever you've been entrusted with, you've proven to the master that's as much as you can handle. Whatever he's placed in your care, you've proven that. So if you end up with two and you think, well, why didn't he give me four? It's because you've proven this is what I can handle. This is what I can be entrusted with. This is what I can be faithful with. Whatever that influence looks like, whatever that amount looks like, whatever that, 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 that scope of, of influence that he's given to you, That's what you have proven to the master I can handle. He will not shortchange you, but he will also not entrust you with more than you've already proven to be capable of handling. Y'all with me? Teenagers, y'all with me? The current, y'all with me? All right. So he says uh, in verse 16, he who had received the five went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, he who had received two gain two more also. The new living, instead of saying traded with them, it actually uses this word invested, began to invest his money. How many of you know that takes some risk? There's some risk involved there, right? But the third one that received the, the, the one talent, uh, when he received it, went and dug, verse 18, went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts. How many of you know Jesus is coming back to settle accounts? Jesus is coming back to settle accounts. And this is where the stewardship mindset comes in because if you think, well, that's who he's called me to influence, but you know, I'm an introvert. I'm shy, I'm timid, I'm not real confident. If you think you can excuse yourself from the assignment that the master has left you with and what he's called you to do, you're gonna be in for a rude awakening in the day when the master returns. When the master returns, he's gonna settle accounts. Here's what I gave you. What do you have in return for me? Now we notice uh, the, the, the first servant uh, his 
uh, response. Well, verse 20 says, so he who had received the talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. He invested them and he gained as a result of that investment. His Lord said to him, well done, good and what? Faithful servant. Now, notice that he calls them a servant. And at the end of the day, that's what we're all going to receive. That's what we're all going to hear. It's not going to be well done, good and faithful pastor. Well done, good and faithful teacher. Well done, good and faithful pilot. Well done, good and faithful manager or CEO. Well done, good and... It's going to be well done, good and faithful servant. At the end of the day, all of the sum of what we do can be reduced to how well did we serve with what we were given. Serve the master, serve people, use the gifts, use the talents, use the abilities, whatever, for the purpose of serving another, not myself, not just what I feel comfortable with, not just what is convenient to me, not just what fits in my box or in my thinking. Every single person in this room at some point in your life has been or will be stretched beyond your ability. It starts with what you've proven to be able to handle. But from there, the master says, now I want you to stretch it. I want you to invest it. I want you to get outside your comfort zone. I want you to get beyond just convenience level. I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, that, that everybody uh, has levels of investment, levels of buy-in. And we talked about this with discipleship. We said that when it comes to discipleship, there aren't levels. You're either in or out. Jesus didn't give us the $100 level and then the $1,000 level and the $3,000. He didn't give that to us. You cannot reduce the cost because if you reduce the cost, you inherently reduce the value. And if he lets you buy in at a lower level, then you're not a disciple anymore. And we have presented to people a gospel that allows them to become Christians without becoming disciples. We've lowered the cost, therefore we've lowered the value. And we see what that's produced, mostly in this country, by the way mostly in this country, in a country that values convenience and comfort. Sacrifice is, is, is not a word we like, right? Laying down, paying the price, all these things that come with discipleship. There's a whole message to her, week two or week three in. We talked about the cost of discipleship. We're not lowering the investment level, not lowering the buy-in. So he says, I'm gonna stretch you. I'm gonna get you beyond your comfort zone. I'm gonna get you beyond convenience. I'm gonna get you beyond what you feel you can do. And if you're only doing what you feel comfortable doing, then you're not doing what he's called you to do. You might be doing what someone else has called you to do. You might be doing what you've called yourself to do. But when you obey the master, he's looking for a return. He's gonna settle accounts. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Now watch this. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 22, he who also had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful 
servant, you have what? Been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Notice in both of these accounts, regardless of the amount, we get the same response. He's not asking the one with the two talents, why didn't you produce 10? He's looking for the same faithfulness with the investment you were given. But we do this. We compare my results with someone else's results. We do this all the time. We, we compare our ministry to someone else's ministry. We compare uh, our career to someone else's career. We compare our paycheck to someone else's paycheck. We, we compare our Instagram to someone else's Instagram. And we've said this before, but many times we are, when we're doing this whole silly comparison game, we are comparing our blooper reel with somebody else's highlight reel. Because people only show the best of themselves. You know where you mess up. You know where you blow it. You know where you fall short. And so you're, ve- you're extremely familiar with your mess ups, your hang ups, your shortcomings, but you're only familiar with someone else's excellence, productivity, results, because that's all they're gonna show you. Come on. You know, ESPN, every night they got the top 10 plays. But on Fridays, they do something a little different. The not top 10. And it's 10 bloopers. It's 10 mess ups. Y'all familiar with that? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The not top 10 plays of the week. They'll give you the top 10 awful plays. It'd be the bottom 10. (laughs) Well, of course, I'm not comparing someone's blooper with someone's highlight. We shouldn't be but yet we do this. And so there's no comparison saying, why didn't you produce this? Why didn't, you know, look what he was able to do. You ought to be able to do. No, it's the same measure. Did you bring a return? Did you gain? And this is the thing. God isn't really interested in the amount. The master's not really interested in amount. Let me show you the conversion the master's really looking for. And maybe you've never seen this, but the conversion that the master is looking for in verse 21, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you what? Now, you know, as well as I do, when we quote this, what do we say? If you'll be faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. But why do we say that? Because that's not what the scripture says. He says, if you'll be faithful with little, You'll rule. So look, the master's not interested in turning five to 10. The master's not interested in turning two into four. The master wants to turn servants into rulers. That's the conversion. That's the real conversion the master's looking for. Can I put you over something? Can I, can I excel you? Can I propel you? Can I move you into your destiny? Can I move you into your plan? And so faithfulness is just as much about what you're producing in you as you are producing around you. And a lot of us get stuck in a place because we, our unfaithfulness is keeping us short. Our unfaithfulness is keeping us stuck. 
our irresponsibility, our lack of discipline, our lack of sticking to something is keeping us in a place. In a culture that is always up and moving around and one thing to the next, and, and, and you know, we have this great virtue in, in our world today called busyness. Y'all remember our definition, right? Busyness is artificial significance. Busyness is wannabe success. That's all busyness is. Just staying busy, one thing to the next. That, that we have lost the virtue of sticking with something, remaining faithful, staying planted, not just uprooting when everybody else is uprooting, not just going when everybody else is going, not just following every whim and fancy. Most people only stay somewhere until the first struggle arises. Oh, God must be sending me. Oh, uh, we, we've got our religious, religious little seasons over, seasons up. God's doing something new. We, we can dress it up and make it look so virtuous and, and so good on the outside. But you know as well as I do, you're not being sent, you're leaving. Because the master will send. And in those moments, that's divine order. Do not stay when the master is sending you. But do not go when the master's saying, stay right where you're at. Stay planted. Why? Because there's more I'm trying to do in you. I'm trying to get you from being a servant to being a ruler. I'm trying to get you from, from, from just serving under to reigning over something. But that's going to require some, can you stay where I got you? Stay planted, stay planted, stay. And not just stay planted with, well, the Lord's just got me here. This is just where, no, that ain't faithful either. It's staying planted with the right heart. This is where God's got me. I'm gonna be as faithful. I'm gonna be as submitted. I'm gonna be as yielded. I'm gonna be as consecrated. I'm gonna be as surrendered as the first day I accepted the assignment. This goes for church. This goes for your job. This goes for your relationship. You know, faithfulness is a fruit of the spirit. Have you ever noticed that it doesn't say fruits of the Spirit? You ever noticed that? That's just that's the little stuff that, that, that pastors see, I guess. It's not plural. The same fruit is love. The same fruit is joy. The same fruit is peace. This is not a buffet of fruit that we get to pick and choose from, which ones do I like and not like. This isn't a vending machine of, I'll take a A6, give me some love. I don't want C7. I don't want any of that faithfulness. Leave that self-control up in there. That's all the same fruit. I take a bite, love. Take a bite, joy. Take a bite, faithfulness. Take a bite, goodness. Take a bite, self-control. It's the same fruit. We should be producing all nine qualities of the same fruit. So faithfulness ought to be the requirement an expectation, and it's a fruit of the Spirit. You know what that tells me? It's not fruit of the natural man. Your flesh doesn't want to remain faithful. Your flesh doesn't want to walk in love. Your flesh wants to punch them in the face. Your, faith, your, your flesh doesn't want self-control. It wants to be erratic and, you know, unrestrained. But the Spirit... The Spirit always produces the fruit, always. It never, it never falls short. 
If we're not producing, it's because I'm leaning more to the flesh than I am the spirit. So faithfulness is an expectation, a requirement of the believer. But we know that there's one more uh, servant that we haven't talked about. In verse 24, he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Boy, the enemy will use fear to cripple your assignment. The enemy will use fear in your life. Fear of those you surrender to, fear of those you serve, fear of God himself, fear of the natural authorities that God places in your life, whether it be a pastor, a boss, a husband, a spouse, uh, you know, whatever that looks like. He'll, he'll use fear to cripple you, to make you immobile. Could be a fear of failure, fear of doing it wrong, fear of not getting it right, fear of what people will think, all kinds of fears insecurities, anxieties, worries, concerns that cripple you. You can't even take a step if you wanted to. But he was fearful. I went and hid your talent. Look, there you have, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. That's a lot different. That's quite the contrast from you <laughs> good and faithful, wicked and lazy. Direct contrast. Master ain't pulling punches. Now, he didn't lose the one talent. I think you ought to be, you know, at least grateful. Here, you have what is yours. I didn't waste, I didn't waste it. I didn't spend it. I didn't lose it. I may not have doubled it, but you have what is yours. And he says, no, wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seeds. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received my back, my own uh, back, received back my own with interest. And then some plus, Right? The master is looking for yielding a harvest, yielding beyond what you have, but it requires taking the risk. It requires being faithful, good and faithful versus wicked and lazy. Discipleship demands, requires faithfulness in us. You know, our faithfulness to the gospel, faithfulness to the call, faithfulness to the assignment, faithfulness to whatever God has called us to. You know what that does is it reveals how much you believe in the mission that you say you're a part of. It's a revealer. It's a revealer of, of your true nature, your true. How much do you believe in it? Uh, you know, a belief requires uh, 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 an action that is determined. A confident action. To, you can say you believe something all day long, but are you confident in it? Are you bound to it? Right? You know, I mean, I could ask you a simple question. What's two plus two? That you should be confident in that answer. But you know what? If I say something like, you know, answer it wrong and I'm gonna 
take away your car. Get it wrong. I mean, everything's relying on this. Well, now you start, hold on, let me make sure. I'm slowing up here. I was, in, I was in high school when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire came out. Y'all remember that show? You know, Regis Philbin. Regis Philbin. I mean, dude, you play that game from home and you are so confident. <laughs> but if your money's, if you are really got money on the line here, you're not so confident all of a sudden. You're phoning a friend and you're 50-50 and, you know, whatever the other ones were the little lifelines they give you. Y'all remember that? Yeah. You put something on the line. A belief requires a, a, a confident dependence on this is it and this, and I'm willing to stake my life on it. I'm immovable, unshakable. That's faithfulness. A faithful believer, a faithful disciple remains adhered to the mission and adhered to the call regardless of the pressure that comes. And the pressure for a a truly faithful disciple, the pressure only causes them to dig their heels in the ground even further. Oh, those Pharisees, those Roman officials, they got so upset because when they challenged Peter and John, they only became more convicted in their stance of, you do what you gotta do, man. We can only preach in the name of Jesus. Do what you gotta do. We've expected this. Y'all with me? When you believe something with real conviction in your heart, that's when faithfulness starts rising up. Faithful to the call. You know, Paul talked about this. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter four, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, just throw it up on the screen for me. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. It's a requirement. The Passion Translation reads, the most important quality of one entrusted with such secrets is that they are faithful and trustworthy. You know what trustworthy means? It means worthy of trust. You are worthy to be entrusted with this. I can put this in your care because I know you will hold it with conviction and you will not back down, you will not shy away. We're living in a day where we see compromise left and right. And people don't call it compromise anymore. That's the problem. They call it being loving. They call it tolerance. They call it acceptance. Again, we dress it up virtuously. But compromise is compromise. Compromise is the, is the result of the unfaithful. Compromise is the reward to the unfaithful. It, it is what they get as a result of not remaining with, with a true conviction to something. A true responsibility. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 19 says this of the unfaithful. Verse 19, you can't depend on an unreliable person when you really need help. It can, be care, it can be compared to biting down on an abscessed tooth or walking with a sprained ankle. You ever try to rely on someone that's just unreliable? Trust in someone that is not worthy of trust? Have faith and a reliance on someone that has no conviction to anything? Will compromise for everything? 
It's painful. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse six says this. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? The Amplified reads, many a man proclaims his own loving kindness and goodness, but a faithful man who can find? The New Living reads, many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Let me give you some traits of faithful people. And you just, you know, you can just grade yourself. Traits of faithful people. Careful to fulfill a promise. Reliable. You can believe them. Dedicated in carrying out duties and responsibilities. You know, it, it, it's, it's interesting, and I've adopted this in my life. I adopted this years ago. I want to be the person that I would want working for me. Because everybody would want this kind of person working for them. But let's start on the inside. Are you that person to someone else? Diligent in work. Dependable in completing assignments. You can count on their work being done. You're surprised if it doesn't get done. You're surprised if they're not on time. You're surprised if they don't show up, right? Thorough. Not just a good starter, but also a great finisher. Oh, many people start well. Good intentions. Motivated at the beginning, at the starting line, but where are they at at the finish line? Doesn't drop the ball. Pays attention to details. Punctual. Oh boy. Just look straight ahead. Consistent and constant. You know, one, one, one identifier of unfaithful people is they're up and down, the roller coasters of life. You don't know what mood they're gonna be in that day. You don't know what swing they're gonna be in. You, you, you're just hoping the stars aligned. You're just hoping that traffic was perfect on the way. You're hoping that Starbucks got their drink perfectly right, that, that there was no miss-ups, they weren't delayed. It, it, one little thing throws them off. There's no margin in their life. Everything's gotta be perfectly aligned. Doesn't just look good on the surface, but is solid through and through. Honest and trustworthy. Isn't sneaky. Meets and exceeds expectation. Doesn't just do enough to get by, goes the extra mile. That's a faithful person. We wanna be faithful disciples. trusted in, relied upon, worthy of trust, can be entrusted with a great amount. Well, how do I get from two to to four? How do I get from five to 10? Faithful. Use what you got. Use all that you got. Do it with the right heart. Do it with the right attitude. Do it with the right response. I'll give you this little story and wrap it up here. This is a story about four people, everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was asked to do it. Everybody was sure somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. 
somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it. Nobody realized everybody wouldn't do it. In the end, everybody blamed somebody when actually nobody asked anybody. Let's just be faithful. Amen? Let's just be faithful. Steward well what you've been entrusted with. Don't complain about it. Don't compare it. Hold a true conviction and a resolve on the inside. Man, I've, I've just come to the conclusion, man, I don't care what anybody else does. I don't care where anybody else goes. I don't care what looks good on the other side. I'm not chasing that. I've got to remain right where God has placed me. That's the only place I'm gonna be successful. And I don't care if I look successful in man's eyes, but I compromise being successful in God's eyes. And on the flip side, I don't care if I look unsuccessful to man. Well, they're just not making it. They're just not growing. They're just not doing it. I wonder why he's still there. I wonder, but if I'm doing what God has called me to do, that's the only thing that matters. And you gotta have some sort of resolve on the inside. We're done with discipleship that is wavering. We're done with discipleship that compromises. We're done with discipleship that considers other alternatives other than what God has only spoken to you to say and, and to do. You gotta have the true conviction of a faithful person. You be faithful with little and you'll be made ruler over much. It's a promise. It's a kingdom principle. Everybody's looking for a promotion. Everybody's looking for that shortcut. Everybody's looking for the next big thing that's gonna get them over the top. And you're missing the moments right in, the, in, in, in front of you. And we say this before, we, we've said this before, I'll say it again. Faithfulness. This is something you can do tomorrow at the same job, with the same spouse, with the same kids, taking the same route, making the same amount of money, with the same experience and and qualifications. Nothing, faithfulness, Joseph is the prime example. He was faithful in the pit, he was faithful in the prison, and he was faithful in the palace. And if you're, faithfulness is at the mercy of your external conditions. That's not faithfulness. As long as everything going right, everything being right, getting what you want, that's not faithfulness. Now, faithfulness is regardless of where I am, what happens, what comes, what goes, what leaves, what stays. Stay faithful. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.